Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Home Green Homes Podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green realtor in Los Angeles and the host of this show. Today, I have my friend Erica Reiner as my guest. Erica Reiner is the owner-principal of Echo Method Interiors where her company helps families and businesses through a unique, eco-friendly approach to interior design. Through her former career in environmental business and environmental education, as well as a lifetime of creating and studying interior design, Erica combined her two passions to create this unique business in 2014. Since then, Erica has helped clients with their health and happiness through design that goes deeper than aesthetics across the residential, commercial, and short-term rental market using the Echo Method way. Erica loves sharing her knowledge and has been featured in Better Homes and Gardens, Forbes, Apartment Therapy, Reader's Digest, and more. Looking forward, Erica is working towards leading the home decor and design industry into a greener and cleaner place. So thank you so much to be a part of my podcast today, Erica. You have you and I have been talking about doing this podcast for some time and and I really um appreciate that you are sharing this moment with me. So let's just dive in. First of all, why don't you tell me about Echo Method? What is exactly eco-friendly approach to interior design? Yes, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. It's such a pleasure, and um, I'm very proud of you. You got your podcast up and going and started <laughs> so quickly, and you're just charging away. So it's been great to <laughs> see you. Um, so yeah, the, the, um, eco method kind of refers to my approach to incorporating eco-friendly, non-toxic and sustainable pieces into any project design plan. And I feel that, um, in the past, there's this perception that to be eco-friendly, it's kind of like all or nothing, um, and mm. I just don't believe that. So I think that you can take a project style um, based on the client and the budget and all those other factors that you need to consider and then start there and then work in pieces or materials or products that are going to be cleaner or greener in a way that works for that particular project. So that's kind of my method and my expertise comes in. And I look at that holistically thinking about where it's going to be best to do a little bit better and bring in um, some greener things over the conventional Mm -hmm. standard. So it's like one part science, one part art. And that's my, that's my method. So, yeah. yeah, And then I say, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say that um, the the approach part is, as far as eco-friendly, that could really mean anything from sustainability and how things are responsibly sourced or made all the way down to the health aspect and how toxicity and chemicals might influence humans. And so um, that's kind Mm -hmm. of all lumped together for me under eco-friendly. Yeah. So when you said greener and or cleaner, 
and um, you were talking about sustainability, uh, responsibly sourced, that type of thing. So maybe you can explain um, briefly about what makes things greener or cleaner in, in those terms of, uh, from the perspective of, you know, sustainability, uh, responsible, clean, healthier in that way. How do you define that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll give you I'll give you like a couple of examples. Um, yeah. Let's say we are sourcing um, a kitchen table for someone's home. Uh, something mm-hmm. that would be sustainable would be if the table is made out of wood. I would look at what kind of wood that is. So. Is it Mm -hmm. a Forestry Stewardship Council certification wood, meaning that it was responsibly grown and cut down um, Mm -hmm. in a way that's not going to destroy the forest? Or is it not that? Um, So that's one element that is kind of on Mm -hmm. the sustainability side of things. And then I would also look at, depending on if the client said, we are, you know, my uh, daughter is sensitive, has chemical sensitivity, and in general, we just mm-hmm. want to, like, lower our exposure to toxins wherever and however we can. So in that case, I would not only just looking at, like, the sustainability of how something gets here, um, mm-hmm. which also can involve many other things, like, you know, the amount of energy or water it took to use or if it was shipped from overseas or made locally. So all kinds of stuff. But in the case of cleaner and toxicity and exposure, I'm also looking at, okay, did they use oil or water-based finishes and stains on Mm -hmm. that table? And the adhesives, like where the pieces have to come together for the wood glue, is it a non-toxic wood glue? Because if it's not, then, okay, you're going to be exposed to a certain level of VOCs, volatile organic compounds there. So people don't realize that there's like quite a bit of things to consider with everything that we bring in the home. Mm, yeah. So, but that sounds very, um, uh, I'm going to say overwhelming for who some of people who may not be thinking about those things. So is it, is it, um, I mean, obviously you're the expert, but how do you discern those things? How do you identify the items that that are cleaner or um, you know have less chemicals? And is there any resources that people can use so that they're looking at they, look, they can look for that sort of things that you you can make it cleaner or greener? Yes, it can definitely be overwhelming. Um, that is for mm-hmm. sure because you, you, I take that one example, and then you've got those two things to think about, and then yeah. all those different elements within that one piece, and then you extrapolate that in your whole home. So that mm-hmm. is, you know, part of what makes what I do and other designers like me so valuable: is cutting down the time and the stress for anyone to think about it or research it or. Right try and find it so that is part of the professional expertise there but then Mm -hmm. in terms of how I know it's just been a lot of years of um, researching and looking at what's on the market and getting in contact with vendors and asking questions and 
you know, years of compiling. And luckily, as time goes on, I do see more and more makers making better things. So sometimes you Mm -hmm. can't get everything you want in one piece, and sometimes you can. And that's a part of that method that is in the name of my business is looking and thinking at, you know, where, where we can make some things work where we can't and just, you know, not making ourselves crazy over it, just doing the best we can. Yeah. So, so yeah, in terms of, um, in terms of other people doing it for themselves, my biggest rule of thumb, well, what I'll say is, unfortunately, you have to come from the understanding that there is no real like rule or oversight in place that is mm-hmm. going to be protecting anything that you might be looking to buy or pull into your home. Right. So from the littlest thing yeah. to the biggest thing, just know, okay, it's not gone under, under any testing. There's no regulation. People can make this however they want, put whatever they want on it with the exception of five out of maybe hundreds of thousands of types of chemicals that have been invented since um, the 50s, there's five that are straight up uh, regulated and not allowed. So that hmm. means there are an infinite number of them and and combinations that are allowed. So in terms of your health, uh, you mm-hmm. start from knowing that nothing is protected and it's up to you to do the research. So from there, mm-hmm. instead of just researching all the bad things that could happen in any particular piece or um, rug or whatever, start with looking for things that are marketed as better or more eco-friendly or more Mm non-toxic. And then if Mm -hmm. those pieces have a certification, there's quite a few green certifications in the um, home design and decor field, that's even better. So Start for yeah. looking for the, the companies that differentiate themselves as being cleaner or greener. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, so you can get a little there, bit lost. Yeah. So do, do you know of any particular brand that is considered cleaner or greener? Yeah. And it's great that I've seen many companies um, doing coming out into the market as new companies or just you know mm-hmm. recommitting to their sustainability efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's kind of like what what you're looking for. So like maybe in a bookcase, you're mostly looking for something that has responsibly sourced wood, but in your baby's mm-hmm. room, you're looking for an area rug and a nursing rocking chair that are free of chemicals as well. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of you want to do your research based on like the key terms that that are important to you in that particular regard. And so in terms of brands, I mean, I have seen everything from countertops made from complete, like beautiful countertops made from completely recycled um, materials using not much new material whatsoever and a lot less energy mm-hmm. and water going into the production. And then I mm-hmm. um, have found recently, I'm very excited about um, a woman's company. Her name's Linda and she owns Organic Weave and she has um, one of the only GOTS, GOTS certified um, organic, non-toxic 
area rug and carpeting companies. And um, mm. so that's amazing. So it's kind of a collection of, of finding these people and um, mm. getting to know them what they're about. Right. So that kind of leads me to my concern or uh, question, next question. So all these all these materials that we can find, and I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that there are more and more uh, cleaner, greener products available. Um, does it still have to be a lot more expensive? That, um, does it still have it? It is going to depend. Um, but mm-hmm. what's interesting is, it's the same sort of variance as you would find in the conventional market. So like in the conventional market, you can go, you know, very low down in pricing to Ikea level. And then you can go mm-hmm. as high as you could think mm-hmm. with the luxury brands. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like the same level. You can find, <laughs> you can find something mm-hmm. as expensive as you want, like without being green. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, right. That's true. So in terms of expense, or added costs to normal, that's a bit harder to say. But yes, usually there's a a little bit of extra cost. um, And that is going to be, though, in the short term. So typically with Mm -hmm. the products that are made with better quality and natural materials and natural substances, you find that it's of a higher quality and that the maker is very intentional about the ingredients or the pieces used mm-hmm. and the materials. And so it's usually um, inherently a bit of a higher quality and that means it's going to last longer. So whereas right, something right. for Ikea, does, I personally have bought Ikea in the past. I'm not any exception. So I mm-hmm. um, have seen that life cycle, you know, come and go pretty quickly myself. So, sure. the sure. you know, it's tough with humans thinking we're very yeah. like short-term based thinkers exactly so, um, and that, so it's a bit hard to <laughs> say but hey in the long-term cost like this sofa is actually going to last you way longer and mm-hmm. um and so if you even the cost out that way no it's not more expensive and then mm-hmm. something I'm even personally dealing with right now is um, some of the consequences of bringing in not good things into your home. And so I have like some crazy allergies going on. And so if you are bringing in better, nicer things, um, that's great. But if you're not, you might be dealing with um, expenses on the medical side of things. So right Right. now I'm trying to get allergy Mm -hmm. tested and Mm Uh, maybe you're going to buy an air purifier or maybe you don't know what's making you sick and you can't figure it out. And right. you've, not, you've not made that connection to the to the thing you brought into your house that was cheaper. But mm-hmm. I kind of feel yeah. like there's multiple levels to this question. <laughs> um, That's but, true. I know it's not a simple question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, but it's good to know that like, yeah, of course, if, if you're looking at uh, furniture from Ikea, you may not find um, like really clean products. Although uh, we know they just came out with the drapes that's supposed to absorb some carbon or something, right? So all the, all the companies are doing something to 
to kind of make an impression that at least they care about something. So, um, for instance, like say uh, you 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 select flooring products for your clients, don't you? Like flooring and um, the cabinetry, and like you said, um, are the flooring materials, flooring products that are FSC uh, for stewards. Uh, for stewardship council certified products, are they more expensive compared to something comparable that's not certified? Yeah, I think the other thing I didn't mention in my long ramble is that a lot of the products, um, as they gain popularity, do come down in price and can become quite comparable. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. for instance, um, bamboo flooring Mm -hmm. um, is very comparable to other hardware types of flooring and bamboo is more sustainable because it's um, more renewable it grows back pretty quickly Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. um, so for in that particular again it's not a straightforward answer because in some regards yeah very comparable especially like as the market grows as the demand grows Mm -hmm. the prices come down it becomes very competitive Um, yeah and I would say I've seen that in a lot of different areas of home goods. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, the the places I would say I see a little bit more expense mm-hmm. might be something like um, upholstered goods. But at the same time, right. that's one of the most important things that you do get as cleaner and greener. So um, yeah. I would say... Um, it's all improving in terms of price competition and the more demand mm-hmm. you and I and everyone listening can make to um, vote with our money and buy better things, like the better that's going to yeah. get in the long-term t- technology yeah, or anything I else. Agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, this is all fascinating. And I just wanted to, I'm just curious, you know, you have a scientific background you're, you were uh, in the environmental science, right? Yes. So what what got you to this place of combining your two passions? Like, I know that you were doing the interior designs or, kind of, you know, interiors, but um, what was the catalyst that you got to combine these two passions? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> well, I had... I was working in, you know, my day job in the environmental field and eventually started lecturing and teaching um, as well. And I was always, you know, working on design projects on the side. I had studied um, decorating and design um, sort of for fun, like uh, quite a few Mm -hmm. years ago, and I didn't think anything of it. And then um, I saw both my husband and a friend of mine start their businesses around the same time. And I was like, what? I didn't know we could do that. <laughs> so um, I just got really inspired and I was like, I would love to have my own business and I'd love to have it in design. And it started off being quite like fractioned up. So I had a design side and then I had what I was calling an environmental consulting side and mm-hmm. I kept them separate because I didn't even think of combining them. And then Mm -hmm. as I got into more and more design and I knew about these alternatives and people were pretty oblivious 
to to the better alternatives. I just saw the need and I couldn't mm-hmm. it wasn't working to have them separate. And I I mm-hmm. did I felt like I was pushing my values onto other people in the, in in terms mm. of design. And so that yeah. is when I said, okay, I'm actually going to just niche into being an eco-friendly interior designer. And so mm-hmm. for people who understand that and want that, I'm going to be your gal. And so right. um, I, I do still want to educate and help other people understand the importance um, but yeah, it was important to me to bring my identity as an environmentalist and environmental educator along for the ride and mm-hmm. incorporate that mm-hmm. into what thing. I think that's amazing. I'm I'm so happy that you are doing that. I mean, you and I kind of, you know, in the same path in that way. Yes. Um, so how do you work with your clients? I know that you do some uh, remote um, uh, project, and you said, you know, in the beginning when you were uh, um, beginning to talk about your eco method, uh, you said depending on project style and budget, so you can work at different budget level and different styles and still be able to incorporate the eco-friendly, uh, eco-method approach? Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I basically uh, look at the way that would work is I basically look at the project holistically. And if it's a smaller mm-hmm. budget, I would say, okay, the best places and the easiest places that we can incorporate um, some eco-friendly items or materials mm-hmm. or what have you is going to be here and here for this amount of money. And then mm-hmm. they can reassess or agree or whatever. And so basically mm-hmm. it's kind of like, look, I start the way any other designer starts. It's with the style, mm-hmm. it's with um, the needs, the priorities of the client, all that kind of stuff. And then I go through my whole process. So it's like the consultation, the floor plan, the mood mm-hmm. board, vision board. I have a 3D model, and I'm getting feedback the whole time. And then when it comes down to source, that's like really where the magic happens. So um, right. I look at based on like at that point, I'm I know what they want, and I know what you know, like price points they're looking for, and based on my collection of vendors or. Sometimes I just do research if I think I, something's out there. Um, and I just mm-hmm. see where I can kind of incorporate things based on all those factors. And mm-hmm. um, and then I send them the proposal and they can kind of go through. And um, I have a nifty software and they just accept or um, decline and we keep working on it. And then we go from there. So um, it's pretty straightforward. Um and it's just kind of knowing what it's knowing what to look for, really. So it's like, right, okay, yeah. it's a carpet. I know that I want to look for these kinds of qualities or certification. And if it's drapes, I know um, that actually is one of my hardest things to source eco-friendly. So yeah. I'm only going to a couple places. If it's tiles, there's all mm. kinds of cool, uh, amazing, sustainable made tiles um so it's yeah it's a bit like I said half art half science um and then in terms of to answer your question about working remotely yeah I do um 
I do work locally here in Southern California, um, and sometimes I will get up and go other places. Like I just finished a big mm-hmm. um, office project in Palo Alto, so that was Palo Alto, light up yeah. north. Yeah, yeah, that looks um, amazing, then, by the way. Uh, thank you. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of remote work, I have um, worked with folks all over the country, and right now I'm working with someone in Texas City, Texas, so that's fun. Mm. And how I do that is um, basically all the first parts are the same. So the consultation and all that kind of good stuff, the modeling, um, but it will depend on the client if they're willing to have someone who's not me, like whether that's a subcontractor I might hire or they might have someone mm-hmm. on their own staff and go and measure mm-hmm. or take photos, send it to me. So on that end, it's a little bit like the client might be willing to get their hands dirty a little bit more in terms of the on-site stuff, but it's great because it lowers the cost for them for me to not be on-site necessarily. So it's a really good option for kind of everyday people. Um, you know, yeah. interior design is definitely not just for the one percent anymore. It's definitely right for the entire middle class, and this is a good way to lower the cost. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you're cool taking pictures and maybe even busting out a measuring tape, then um, <laughs> it's quite easy to um, yeah, it's quite easy to um, work with that. And a lot of the process is still the same around that. And then mm-hmm. um, and then basically, um, I just do a lot of deliverables online. So I send them 3D model. I do all the sourcing and. Um, mm-hmm. all that kind of good stuff. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, really so, fun. It's kind of like a consultation on steroids. Yeah, and it's amazing what we can do with the technology these days. You know, we can just do all the things remotely. You just have to know where to source certain items in certain locations so you can make sure that they still have access to some of the cleaner and greener stuff, right? Like. Yeah, absolutely. I would say in this day and age for what we're doing, it's making it much easier um, based on all the technology and online shopping Mm -hmm. and all the sources I have being, you Mm -hmm. know, a lot of them have only an e-commerce line or um, have both physical and an e-commerce line. So it's quite easy to just be like, okay, ship it over there. Thank you very much. Um, And, you know, it, it all works out really well. Um, the other part of working remotely is kind of interesting and fun. So, like, I do a green guide for every client and depending on their location. So, I've never mm. <laughs> even heard of Texas City, Texas before, I have to admit. Oh, wow. You're Galveston. Yeah. You've never heard of it either. Oh, that's um, and so with my, Yeah. So, with my custom green guide, I just was looking around for resources that could help them in their local area, like places where they could take Mm. the recycled or take the extra paint into a paint, you know, Mm. reclamation recycling or where they could buy, um, because we're working on a bit of outside stuff too. So where they could buy recycled mulch or, so it's kind of interesting to me to look at all these different other areas where I'm not and see like what's available in the local communities. Mm. Wow. That's fascinating. Your, so your local green guide sounds really intriguing. That I may have to have you talk about that on my other <laughs> another episode. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So uh, how how can people find you, Erica? 
Yeah, um, I would say the best way is to say hi on Instagram, which is um, the handle is at eco.method.interiors. And the same thing for the website. So they can just pop that into the URL, www.ecomethodinteriors.com. They can poke around. They can email me from there, um, whatever. So I invite anyone listening to say hi. That's so great. Well, I looking, I'm looking forward to doing some projects with you. And um, I'm so grateful that you were willing to talk to me today. And um, I'm sure I will invite you to do this again. (laughs) Thank you so much, Erica. Well, thank you. It was really fun. Um, You asked very great questions, and um, it was a blast. So thank you. Mm, Thank you. So again, this was Home Green Home Podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green realtor, and you can Find me at homegreenhomes.com. Thank you for listening and until next time.